You believe Amen. that faith in Christ Jesus, anything can change? Well, we're tested, aren't we? We're tested and we're tried to believe that. And uh, sometimes we get a little weary in our testing. But I'm here to talk about the advent of faith. And uh, I was really encouraged by it as I studied it and looked at it. You know, we, we I've never really considered faith faith, the faith of Jesus Christ, you know, because sometimes you look at him as divinity or divine and straight from the Father and you don't uh, really see that he was like us and he needed faith to complete his journey. So today I want to talk about an advent of faith. And there's so much uh, been said about faith when you Pursue faith in the scripture. I, I found it mentioned 247 times. And I said, that, that is a lot of faith. And, uh, so, um, as we think of the advent and the decisions that were made, I mean, Sunday school was awesome because we learned there that the decisions for Christ uh, began way back there as, uh, Naomi took her daughter-in-laws into Bethlehem. That was awesome. That was revelatory to me. And I just think about how powerful is God. As you study his word day by day, you see more revelation than ever you can comprehend as you, as you search it out. So today we're talking about the decisions of Mary and the decisions of Joseph and the decisions of Jesus. And there's so many teachings in the arena of our world today about faith that I had to muster up some faith to, to minister this message. But I do believe in faith, and I do believe that it's faith that takes us through. And I believe about what I believe about faith is that it's a journey, that it's a walking through. It's not a commanding or a demanding, but it, it's a journey of faith, if you understand what I mean, that as we walk through life, it takes faith to make it day by day through the experiences and through the trials, the tribulations, and we walk through them. If we fail to walk through them, then we, we fall away from God. And so faith to me is a journey, and I think I see that in the life of Mary, because suddenly in the midst of her wedding plans, she is is disrupted with the message from God that's going to change her life. And Joseph, the same way, he struggled with the decision that was going to change his life. And sometimes the things that we go through change us. They should change us spiritually. They should strengthen us spiritually. And sometimes they might change our direction that we're walking or change our journey. Sometimes we have it all lined out as to what we want to do and where we want to go and how we want to do it. And I like to do my own thing. And I don't like to be interrupted. I don't know about you, but I think that that's a fleshly thing. That flesh likes its own own way. And so uh, Advent 1 was obedience. First, they had to surrender to God. And now in Advent 2, they have to walk out the surrender that they gave to the Lord. So I see faith as a walk, and I know there's many people that see faith in different directions, but faith is, the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's just that simple. 
It's something that you hope for. It's something that you desire. You say, oh, God, get me out of this problem. You know, I have hope, God, that you will get me out of it. And the world talks about the light at the end of the tunnel, you know. So even though they don't even understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, they still have a hope in them. So faith is the substance of hope things for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, the wonderful thing about this Advent is that God gave them a huge challenge, Mary and Joseph, I'm speaking about, gave them a huge challenge, and they were obedient to that challenge. And now God is going to give them uh, the walk of journey, and they will have an evidence at the end. And I want to say to you today that whatever journey that you're on, God will give you evidence uh, eventually, if you have patience to wait for it. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, we talked about that a lot. and Brother read about it in Sunday school this morning. And it gives a report of the Old Testament saints. And when we look at the New Testament, we see the, the avenues of faith that, like Paul went through, and Timothy, and Silas, and James, and the disciples. We see those things. But sometimes we forget that there was a journey in the Old Testament that brought us to this day. So the Old Testament had uh, those warriors in chapter 11 of Hebrews. New Testament has the apostles and the warriors of the New Testament. And now today, this day, God has warriors today to propagate his gospel and his message. And so I don't want you to miss that because this is your day in your journey to appropriate faith and faith has companions as the companions of love he has companions of joy and the greatest companion of all is patience that's the hardest companion and the most difficult journey that we have is the patience to wait i'm sure that mary month by month needed patience to believe that what god has said was going to come to pass And Joseph, I'm sure, that month by month. And then we also see the faith of Christ, which I want to talk about in a little bit. But James, the Bible in James, James 1, and this is a half-brother of Jesus. So James didn't believe at first. We don't see him with the disciples. We don't see him very close to Jesus. But when the revelation of Christ came, he received it. And this is what he writes about in James 1, 2, and 4. And he says, My brother, count it all joy (laughs) when you fall into diverse temptations. What he's saying is, count it all joy when you're tempted to lose your faith. Now, you know we don't lose our faith. But we lose sight of our faith sometimes. You know, we lose sight of what it is that God wants to do in our life. And we get in the journey and we know that it's in the, we know we're in the journey. We know that God is working and we have to believe that even though we don't see the evidence of it, that it will come to pass. And so James writes about this and he says, you know, count it all joy when you fall into temptations, when you're tempted to disbelieve, when you're tempted to give up, when you're tempted to just let it go and forget it. But he says, count it all joy, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And then this is so hard. Let patience have her perfect work. That takes time, church. 
I'm, are you, any of you in a time capsule right now waiting for, to see the end result of something that you're trusting God for? Don't give up, saints. Never give up. Continue to trust because there will be an evidence of your faith in the end if you just have patience. Let patience have her perfect work that ye might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So as we look at Mary in Advent 2, as it unfolds for a moment, she begins, she begins her walk of faith toward the birth of Christ. Nine months of patient waiting to see the message of hope become a reality. And don't you think that in that period of time she doubted? Don't you think that in that period of time when when people were goggling at her and when she felt that she had, you know, there was some some stigma against what was going on in her life. Don't you think she said, God, is this really you? But I tell you something. She walked through her journey. And usually when we go through a trial or temptation, there's a confirmation. If, if we will have eyes to see and ears to hear, if we'll hear what the Spirit is saying, if we'll uh, turn to God in the midst of our trial or tribulation, we will hear that God is going to speak to us or there's going to be a confirmation of what's going on. So today is about the confirmation that happened to Mary when she took the walk of faith. It might be a huge confirmation to some of us as it was to Mary. It might be a small confirmation to us coming out of nowhere like a statement of a friend or a, a piece of a sermon or we might turn in the Bible to something and it just pops out and it becomes a confirmation of what God is doing in our life. Mary's confirmation came when she visited her cousin Elizabeth. It's a wonderful moment. Miraculous things was happening to Elizabeth. She was older. She was barren. And the angel of the Lord had come to her husband. And he was a priest. And he was at the altar. And he was offering incense and doing his priestly stuff. When the angel of the Lord appeared to him. I would love to see the angel of the Lord appear in this house this very moment. I would love to see it. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, You know, you're going to have a son. And you call his name John. Well, I think that most everybody knows the story of Zacharias. He become without sound. He become dumb. He couldn't speak because he disbelieved what the angel said. Sometime I wonder if we might just all come to church and can't speak because God has spoken to us and we're in a revelatory state and we can't even speak. But anyhow, Moses... Mary's uh, confirmation came when she visited Elizabeth, who was barren. And this is the event that's filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. This is the event of faith. This event has a sign, and the sign is in what happened at the priestly moment that Zacharias was offering the priestly things in the house. What a glorious, miraculous season this Advent is. The Holy Ghost was at work. He was working overtime in these family. So Zacharias, Elizabeth's husband, was this priest. He was standing at the altar, and the angel Gabriel appeared unto him. And the angel said, Thy prayer is heard. Thy wife shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name John. 
Now, Zacharias' response was, Oh, hallelujah, glory to God, you answered my prayer. No. His prayer, his response was, Hey, I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in age, and this is not possible. God loves the scene of impossibility. He loves to work in an impossible state. So this makes me believe that they had prayed for a son and they had faith to believe for it, you know, but they hadn't seen the evidence of it. And now God is revealing it and he cannot believe it. And so because he doesn't believe, the Lord says, well, you're not going to speak for a while. But when you do speak, you will proclaim the fact that you have a son. Sometimes we think God doesn't hear church because our problem lasts too long. And sometimes we think that he's not paying attention. But God is always looking upon us. He numbers the sparrows. We're more important than the sparrows. And God sees us in our trials and in our tribulations. He's always listening. And he has a timing. He has a timing for us. And this was the exact timing for Elizabeth and Zacharias. Now, we know, and I don't have time to go into it in depth, but we know that why God was going to send John, why God was going to cause Elizabeth to have this son, is because he is going to be the one in Isaiah that says, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So John is going to go before Jesus He's going to be the sounding horn, the sounding voice before, because he's the one that's going to say, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Think of the faith of John. John is in the wilderness. He's going forth in the wilderness saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. What? How much faith does he have? that this message that he's giving is going to come to fruition. I tell you, church, faith is strong. John was called the prophet of the highest. You remember what they called Jesus? The son of the highest. I mean, we're talking about high people with God. We're talking about people that was anointed especially for a service unto God. And you know, God is still doing that today. He's anointing voices to sing. He's anointing people to worship. He's anointing people to spread the gospel. He is still gifting people. He's calling people of all ages, all descent, all cultures. He calls, maybe he's calling you to pick up the phone and encourage somebody, but the voice of God is still calling today and placing within us faith to do the work of the kingdom until he comes. And we have faith to believe that he said he's going to come. How many believe he's coming? Faith is strong today in the body of Christ as we see the signs. I mean, the signs are so prevalent, the signs that have happened in my life. I tell you this last week and I tell you this again. I used to wonder how would the world see the two witnesses that's talked about in Revelation. And I taught the book of Revelation and I would say with great gusto, somehow it will happen. And in my lifetime... I can see how it will happen. 
God's promise. That's what Advent is all about. He promised the Messiah. He promised a Savior. He promised it through a virgin birth. He promised a, a John who would go before him and prepare the way. He promised these things and they have come to pass. So his promises to you will not fail. They may not happen today, but they will happen because his faith, your faith will see it through. So Mary's confirmation was Elizabeth. She heard that Elizabeth was with child, and so she rushed over to see Elizabeth, thinking of the miraculous power that was working in her to bear the Son of God. Now Elizabeth was with child. And the Bible says that when she came into Elizabeth's presence, it says the babe leaped in Elizabeth's womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something. When Christ comes in, there should be a movement in our spirit. There should be a leaping of the Spirit of God within us. It should be today. It's a promise of God. And in her womb, there there leaped this power and the anointing. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she said, Blessed art thou among women. She did not know this. This is prophetic. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, which, which this is to me, that why would the mother of my Lord come to me? What a prophetic thing. The promises of God leaped in her through the power of the Holy Ghost. All these things are a part of the glorious and the miraculous season of Advent. And we see them fall into place. We see this through fleshly people, through Mary, through through Joseph, through Elizabeth, through Zechariah, all fleshly people like you and I. And God is moving sovereignly, supernaturally in impossibilities. He's moving through the anointing of his Holy Spirit. As Advent 2 unfolds, we see the power of faith. We see Mary waiting in faith. We see Joseph waiting in faith. We see Jesus' faith waiting as he prepares to come into the culture of humanity. You know, Matthew one twenty one says, While Joseph thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he, and he imparted this message to Joseph. He shall save their people from their sins. This is a promise that is unfolding in our life today. Because he's saving us from our sins. Because of their obedience, because of their faith, We have eternal life. You know, we don't often think of the faith of Christ. Hear the word of the Lord from Galatians 2.16. It says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. I mean, can you imagine living with your sin? It says there that we cannot be justified. All of those in the Old Testament, you know, that... Are there? They could not be justified by the works of the law. You can only be justified, and look what the word says: you can only be justified by faith 
of Jesus Christ. By the faith of Jesus Christ. I love that. Because it says, by the faith of Jesus Christ. Jesus had faith to believe that God would bring forth him into this natural culture and that he would suffer and bleed and die and bring forth salvation to humanity. I mean, Christmas season is so important because it's the life and breath of our salvation. Scripture says, By the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Saints, I've said this over and over. Read the Old Testament to understand and rejoice in the power of your faith and salvation and grace and mercy that God has given to us. The faith of Jesus Christ. I pause here. Let us just give thanks for the faith of Jesus Christ. Let us give thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you would leave the royalty of heaven, that you would have faith enough to go through the channels of humanity and walk the path of salvation and the path of the cross for us. When Beverly was praying, she mentioned Easter. I just smiled and she smiled. But how many know that how can you speak of the birth of Christ without knowing of the resurrection of Christ? They go hand in hand. If, because without his birth, there would be no resurrection. We are, we, are, we are recipient of the resurrection of Christ. And so our faith lives. Our faith has resurrection power. Our faith has more to take us through our trials and tribulations. The faith of Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.22 says, The scripture concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. When we come into salvation, the faith of Jesus Christ comes into us. But it's not a bed of roses, church. The moment the faith of Jesus Christ comes into us, we are tested. We are tested. And it says, verse 23 says, But before faith came, I, I hope you hear this this morning. Before faith came, they never had faith. Before faith came, they were kept under the law. They were shut up unto the faith which would be revealed to us. Aren't we blessed? We are so blessed with the grace of the cross, with the, with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I wanted to have communion today. I wanted us to see how blessed we are by the emblems of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. How great is our God. How awesome is it to live in this day having a Savior and having a resurrected Lord. Galatians 3.11 says, No one is justified by the law. I mean, Moses, bless his heart, a great patriot, he could not be justified by the law. 
It says no one is justified by the law. It's evident that the just shall live by faith. Verse 13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. And he has made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Oh, that humanity would see the greatest gift to mankind, Christ, the greatest gift. They use his name because somewhere they heard his name is above all names. They use his name. They don't understand the power that's in the promise of his name, that there is eternal life in his name. He can take us through any trial. He can bring us forth triumphant. We are tested on every side. The Bible says, and Paul wrote, and he said, I was tested in all these things. If you just read the testings of of Paul and Silas, every disciple was martyred for the cause of the kingdom except for John. And John is the revelator that was put on the Isle of Patmos, all isolated from all humanity To receive the revelation for us today. Bible says in Colossians 2.9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Bodily. Not just divinely. But bodily. And it dwells in us. Can, Can we comprehend that today? That when we come to Christ in salvation. That the faith of Christ dwells in us. Because Christ is full of faith. And he is the promise of the Father. And when we accept him and he comes into us and he fills us with his Holy Spirit, the promise is alive and well in us. And the faith of Christ is in us. Sometime we get to the end of it. Sometime we go through a journey. Anybody been through a journey? Sometime we get through the journey. And we get to the end of that journey. And we, you know, somebody said, never forget what happened in the past. But if you don't remember that you got through that journey, what got you through that journey? The faith of Christ that lived in you. And we didn't know that. We didn't feel that. We didn't even think that probably. But it was the faith of Christ that lives in us that got us through that journey. And... It's that same faith of Christ that prepares us for the next journey. Because we're always being refined for the cause of the kingdom. And church, the journeys hurt sometimes. Sometimes the journeys are painful. But God says that that we see by faith, and that's our hope, that this journey will come to an end, and his grace and his peace and his mercy will will be evident and we will see his glory as we come to the conclusion of it. God can do anything. Nothing is impossible with him. Now, he has given a child to Mary and Joseph. It's a virgin birth. Now, he's given a child to Zacharias and Elizabeth, who are ancient. 
And and Zacharias can't even believe it, but God can do the impossible. And the, these women begin to magnify God for what He had done in their life. And and Colossians two nine ten says, "For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head and the principality of all power." The fullness of the Godhead, Church. We just get saved and we just amble through our Christian experience, not really understanding that God is the head, that God is in us, that he's living in us. And somehow we get through our trials and temptations. Somehow we make it. And we don't make it because we're strong. We don't make it because we're holy. We don't make it because we have more of God than someone else. We make it because the faith of Christ is in us, pushing us, nudging us with the power of the Holy Ghost. Because the fullness of the Godhead lives in us. I tell you something today of a truth. If Christianity would live and walk and be an example of and believe that the fullness of the Godhead lived in us, we would be a more powerful generation. But Christianity has not believed that. And look what is happening in our government. Wickedness is prevailing. Slowly and surely, the enemy is incarcerating our government for the wickedness. But it's only because that's the way it's going to happen, because Jesus is going to come. And when sin has, the Bible talks about when the cup of sin is full, Jesus will come. And he will release the angels that will go throughout the earth. You know, church, we could live in that day. Who thought? Who would ever thought that we would live in the day that they could see the two, the two witnesses slain in the street in Israel? We can see it in one second. Who would have believed that? That's one of the greatest signs today that's happening. And there's so many others if we would... Have a mind to see what is happening. Oh, the advent of Christ is more than a baby. He is a man. He has walked through the death experience that we might have eternal life. (coughs) Christianity today must have a revelation of who Jesus is. And he is not in the facility. He is not in numbers. He's not in worship teams. He's not in preachers. But he's in the fullness of the Godhead that lives in those who will believe he's living in them. He dwells in us. The signs are here. The Advent reminds us of these powerful facts. Thank God for Advent to remind us of what he's doing in the earth. You know, thank God for ministers that will stop their agenda. You know, we ministers have agendas. And who will stop their agenda and just go back to the basics and remind the people of God the power of the birth of Christ, the power of the Holy Ghost that was in Elizabeth and Zacharias, the power now that is revealed in us through our salvation. One time a year we stop. To remember this. Tonight or today we see Jesus' faith. We see Mary's faith. Joseph's faith. Pretty soon we'll see the shepherd's faith. We'll see the king's faith. 
You know, all these had a faith to believe that something miraculous was going to happen. Now my question to the church is, do we have faith to believe in miracles? Do we have faith to believe in impossible situations? Because God is allowing impossible situations to come through our lives to test our faith, to strengthen our faith, that we can know that our faith is more powerful than the works of darkness. So today we're going to receive Holy Communion. And I, I especially prepared it for today because it said the fullness of the Godhead dwells in us. And I thought and thought and thought on that. I thought of the power of that. I thought of not only does Christ dwell in me, but the God who loves me and the Holy Spirit that nudges me and corrects me and works in me. All of them live in us. And it's not impossible, church. It's a spiritual promise as he lives in us. And so I thought of communion because Jesus said, Hey, hey, boys. Look at this. This is my body, which is broken for you. And this, this is my blood of the New Testament. Thank God for the New Testament, church. If we don't have the New Testament, we cannot be justified. Aren't you glad that we can be justified today? And justified means just as if I never sinned. Just as if I never made a mistake. We can come to Jesus. And so I wanted to prepare communion today and, and, and I wanted to offer it because I wanted us to see that it's just, it's just a typology of the Godhead that lives in us. And Jesus gave these emblems to show, just turn them and show them to the people. God gave these emblems to show to us that we could receive something, uh, you know, we like to see, we like to feel, we like to know. And Jesus gave these emblems that we could see and know the fullness of he who lives in us.